What is up, Big Talk Nation? We are back. Back for the attack. Hell yeah. After a quick little hiatus, had to take a little summer break, a little summer vacation. And we are back, and we are just what you needed. Oh, I like that. Hey, so when you were on your summer vacation, did you play your summer playlist? I played it all the time. I played it for everyone. (laughs) Anyone that would listen and anyone that didn't want to listen got a nice (laughs) earful of the summertime. Did you play mine too? Yeah, I play yours too. Once in a while? Once in a while. Yours three times, mine once. Yours three times, mine once. All right. There we go, guys. We are back. We are back, and we're going to... Just change it up just slightly. We're going to do the Cars. Yeah. I'm excited, man. And I'm excited, too. A band that everybody knows does not get the respect they deserve. And, uh, man, I really can't wait to do this episode, man. I'm actually pretty excited uh, about it. You know, doing my homework, dude, they really... I think I feel more appreciative now than I ever have before on the Cars. Mm -hmm. I heard their music. It sounds good. Blah, blah, blah. But after the homework, I'm like, man, this was a great band, dude. They were a great band. Um, let's go ahead, dude. I mean, we're we kind of were debating on what to do. Um, so we just, you know, let's just do their complete greatest hits um, that came out in uh, 2002, February 19th, 2002. It's a 20-track uh, greatest hits. Nice. In chronological order, which actually most greatest hits aren't, but I kind of like that this one is. Makes it um, a little bit easier to kind of go through their timeline. As okay. Band, so All right. I kind of like good. the chronologicalness of it. And yes, you guys, your eyes are not deceiving me. I am got my facial flair going on this episode. <laughs> the stash is in full effect. I love it, man. Love it now because it'll be leaving soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, so this is the cars right here. This is the first track off of their uh, complete greatest hits. And that's the album we're doing, complete greatest hits. Um, just what I needed, which was the first release off of their debut album, The Cars. The Cars, man. Which wow. is a hell of a debut album. Yeah, it is. There are a lot of songs. I don't know what how many songs are on here. Uh, at least six out of the nine that were on that debut album are on this uh, uh, compilation. Damn, yep. dude. Yeah, yep. seven, I think. Maybe six. One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. And more probably could have gone on there, too. You know, there's some songs that are on here that... Um, aren't on here that, that you know probably could have been because this album top to bottom is a really great debut album. I I want to say I think there was only one song I would have liked to see on the greatest hits uh, from their second album called Candio, the actual song Candio. I love that song and when it wasn't on here I was like okay cool but that's still a killer song mm-hmm. from personal deep cuts that I loved about. Well, this is greatest hits. This isn't deep cuts. Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It was like. That song was a deep cut to me because it wasn't really a single. Mm-hmm. But you never know. It sounded good, man. I, I would want it on here. How about that? Uh, here we go. Track two, My Best Friend's Girl, which was on also on the Cars. We'll let you know when we change studio albums. But this is also off the Cars debut album. And, man, dude, another great one, dude. I mean, My Best Friend's Girl, this one is another one you hear a lot on radio. Yeah, play. definitely. I love it. Um, my Best Friend's Girl, it was also a release off of uh, their album. It was the number two release, October 10th, 1978. Just When I Needed, which we just heard, was released May 29th, 1978. Do you want to give a little background on this band at all? Or, you know, I know we're, we're not we're not the podcast that does the, the history of a band, but we do like to do a brush over cursory of the band is there anything you want to say I, I can go ahead and go into it is there anything you want to say about the startings of this band the, and how they came the, together um i i found out that rick and ben were like kind of in another band before the mm-hmm, cars mm-hmm. and i think that's uh their dynamic together made them want to start something new mm-hmm. and i think this is what came out but man this was yep definitely you know what i'll say this about the cars before we start the cars in the 70s, 80s, was definitely that band that whatever group or whatever genre of music you were listening to, you could enjoy this band. Mm-hmm. Well, there it was the punk rockers, where it was New Wave, a little bit of rock and roll. There was some, you know, some style, you know, synth- synthesizer type music that the, this group had it all in there. 
and they made they made a, a music to everyone's appeal to this. A mm-hmm. little bit of this. If you like that, you kind of like this. You like this, you like that. That's what I want to say about the cars, dude. So I'm very, very, very excited about it. Yeah, that. dude. So before they were the cars, you know, the members played in, in different, various different bands. Uh-huh. And uh, Okasik and Orr met in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, they saw, uh, you know, saw each other performing and stuff like that. And uh, Orr was in a band called the Grasshoppers, and that's where Rick Okasik saw him. And uh, he kind of got in and said, hey, we should do something together. They moved to Boston in the 70s. Uh, they took on a couple other artists. They started like a folk group kind of a thing called Milkwood in 72 um, they had one album that came out with that band uh, after that they made another band called Richard and the Rabbits yes. uh, they, that's when uh, Greg Hawks joined the band who all went to Berkeley who played saxophone on Milkwood's album and then uh, Hawks to join their band had actually left the Martin Mull and his Fabulous Furniture, which was like a musical comedy. If anybody knows who Martin Mull is, it was like a musical comedy stage act kind of thing they had going on. He left them to join these guys. Um, then Okasek and Orr were kind of doing some acoustic things on the side at some coffee shops, so on and so forth. They were working on some songs that became early Cars songs. Uh, then they uh, uh, teamed up with another guitarist, had a band called Cap and Swing. It was like a jazzy kind of a thing. Okasik didn't like the jazzy sound, kicked that guy out, recruited um, a new member. Uh, who was it? I got it in here somewhere, but I can't see it right now. Anyways, they started getting some radio play, started becoming popular. They were the cars, and, and you know, kind of things went from there. But uh, yeah, like you said, uh, the original members are Rick Okasik on rhythm guitar, Benjamin Orr on bass guitar, Elliot Easton on lead, Greg Hawks on keyboard, and David Robinson on drums nice man that was a good rundown dude and, just uh, i know i know we just glossed over and i know there's probably some stuff and people are gonna probably say you missed this you just missed that yeah but you know what we miss it get your own damn podcast and there you go <laughs> and we'll listen to you and make sure yeah, that, we will. You know, we'll get in so all right uh track track three good times roll yeah another great one still on that first album the cars man definitely this is what this is also one of those great uh good songs that is killer and I loved it. Um, I don't know if you knew, Chris, but there's a band called Power Man 5000. They did a cover of this on their first album. and Second album. We'll say first album. And they rocked it up a little bit, you know, and it was killer. So I, I love their version, and I love the original version on there. And it's actually you no know, good. Let the good times roll. It's easy. It rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, let the good times roll. That's right. Let the good times roll. And there we go. Um, man, I... You know, I didn't realize how great this debut album was um, until I actually started listening to it. Like, right? I went and listened to Grace Hits. I go, well, let me listen to these albums, see, you know, check it out. This album's really good, dude. For a debut, it's, it's really good. Um, let's, let's go over some factoids on it. I know we're going to talk, we're talking about the greatest hits, but album per album, we'll kind of talk about each album as right. well. It, um, how many times platinum do you think this album went? Six. So you already know all this stuff. Okay, so on the U.S. Billboard, it uh, hit 18, U.K. 29. It sold 6 million uh, albums. Went platinum in Australia, in Canada, New Zealand, silver in the U.K. And uh, at the year-end charts for the U.S. Billboard, it was number four, 79 at the end of the year. Nice. And on U.S. Billboard at the end of 1980, it was number 48. So well-performing album. Good stuff here, dude. Good oh, stuff killer, here. killer, dude. Um, so the band started recording a lot of demos in 77 and uh, you know like just what I needed my best friend's girl started getting played by some local DJs and Arista and Electra were bat- like both trying to court mm-hmm. the cars. They ended up signing with Electra which most of their catalog is on Electra and they kind of chose Electra because they didn't have many new wave acts. They had like the Eagles, they had Jackson Brown. They said, "Oh, we better let's go with them." Uh, cuz they don't have anything yeah. close to what we have you know some of the other uh, uh, labels did so, so that was a great choice that they made you know new wave power pop synth right. rock band and man made, went, made a choice to go to a, a label that didn't have much in that uh, that arena of, of music so man good for them that was a good choice man love it dude you want to uh, go to the next song sure but let the good times roll let's go You know, uh, it sounds funny because uh, I was going to say that when the song starts, and a lot of these songs I'll say, when it starts off, it sounds one way, but then when it kicks into the groove, 
it's a whole different other song. And I've noticed that a lot of their mm-hmm. about their you know they like to start off one way and then move into something else. And oh yeah, like, goddamn cars, and it's good. Sometimes they give you a lot of their songs. They give you that kind of slow start, mm-hmm. and they build up through the song, and the chorus really hits you. Sometimes you know the pre-chorus also. But man, you're all I've got tonight. This is a great song right here, dude, and it does just what you just said. It it, it definitely does that build up, the sing along chorus right there with the whole group. Love it, dude. The great harmonies, dude, in the, in the choruses, great harmonies throughout the songs, dude. I love it. I was going to say a lot of their background music or a lot of background singing was on point. They, mm-hmm. I think they're underrated in the background, but they had some players and, you know, musicians were just excellent, man. Yeah, for sure, dude. For sure. You know, I want to say um, who I thought listening to this compilation and also listening or right, listening to greatest hits and also listening to you know doing some homework that the guitarist Elliot Easton underrated guitarist bro yeah underrated dude. guitarist yeah. if you really needed to look at it man he really surprised me yeah on how good he was or you know I, I was watching a few like live stuff that they had and man this guy this guy knew how to rock man like you said they may have a lot of synthesizer or keyboard sounds but he held his own on on rocking. Yeah, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. He definitely underrated. I've never, honestly, until I started, you know, we we're hey, we're gonna do the cars. I didn't even know who he was. I right? don't think you did either. Most people probably don't. You know, Rico Kasich maybe, or the only two people know. But man, the guitar playing is is superb. It's superb. You know, they are a synth pop kind of band you know going on new wave things so the guitars aren't necessarily mm-hmm. the thing that people think about right off the bat when they're talking about that kind of a band but man for these guys the guitar playing is excellent excellent let's go to the next song all right this is bye bye love we're and we're still on that first debut album uh the artwork on this album got the girl with the huge smile looks like she's driving the car and stuff so that girl that's on there is actually uh, Natalia Medvedeva she's a Russian born model she was a singer she did some other stuff and um, the cars like to kind of do their own car their covers yeah. going forward they did their own but this is one they actually let the label do they weren't big fans of it they had another thing they wanted to do it ended up being like the inner sleeve they didn't like all the smiley glossy pictures of them on the oh, album okay. all over and stuff so they were disappointed but going forward they kind of you know had a lot more say in what we're gonna do and when you have a, a debut album that does six million copies they kind of give you a little more leeway you know i was gonna say i heard that the uh david robinson the drummer um like he would do side project and photography mm-hmm. and from that point forward artwork and stuff He's the one that designed the album covers for the rest of their. Uh, yeah, gen- I, I know that he had a lot of uh, work in like the concepts and stuff. Yeah. And I know they had some artists that did a lot of the drawing and the artwork and stuff like that for there. But yeah, he was definitely the guy that was, you know, the fashion the dr- guy, yeah. the art guy. He definitely pushed them in that direction, gave them their look, if you will. So yeah, you're 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 spot on with that. But you know what? That's kind of funny. Who would think the drummer? would do that i mean it's usually like the the singer or you know somebody else in the band but here's the drummer coming up with some creative Mm -hmm. you know juices and you know doing stuff he's just not in the back holding the beat down dude he's doing some getting his two cents getting his two cents worth not or two and a half cents worth you know what i mean you ready to move on? I'm ready yeah, to move we got, on. Let's we got go. a lot to say about we got, this. We got, we got 20 songs on this bad boy, and we're only at number five. Let's go. You know, this next song, uh, if you, you don't know, Moving In Stereo was uh, in one of my favorite movies ever, Chris. Mm-hmm. I'm sure one you know One of mine, too. Is. Oh, yeah. Fast Times. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Of course, the classic scene, Phoebe Cates, coming out of the pool. Everybody, you know, everybody with a videotaped, stop, rewind, stop, rewind. But anyways, this song had it. And you know when I talk about, like, the songs sounding differently. So the keyboards, who is it, Greg Hawks? He's, you know, from the five songs we've already heard, his synthesizers, his keyboards are on point. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You know, and this song is just proven that these guys are not just 
hey, we're going to go out there and, and play. We're going to give you a different sound, almost like an art rock. We're going to make you feel something different. And that's what this mm -hmm. song, I think, really, you know, when I first heard it, I didn't really think anything of it. You know, saw the movie and thinking, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. And just it's just killer, dude. It's um, one of the most iconic yeah. movie scenes, at least for yeah. me, from the 80s for sure. But Phoebe Kate's coming out of that pool. You, I can see it vividly with the red bikini. Yeah. Judge Reinholden uh, taking a peek at her yep. through, the, through the bathroom. Uh, it's great. And, you know, I was watching, I think it was um, on the DVD or Blu-ray. They, you know, they always have those extras yeah. around there. Yes, DVD and Blu-ray. And they had an interview um, with the director. And they were saying how they kind of had to have, like, people... Yes. They had to really put like stuff up high around the whole house so nobody would get on rooftops and take pictures and and, and try to sneak a peek at Phoebe Cates coming out of the pool taking her top off. Uh, which actually, honestly, I don't remember the first time that movie, but looking back at it now, I go, wow, how unexpected that that would happen. Right? Like you didn't expect that to happen at all in that movie. And it's just, oh, shit. Okay. I do remember them saying it was a close set. Like, you know. Yeah. If you were working on it, you know, you had to, you know, be there to do something. Okay, fine. If you're just a bystander and you're just looking or you're an actor that's off today, no, 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 no. You're not here. You know, go mm -hmm. go to the front of the house and wait till you're done. Yep. You know, or, but this scene or this, this is what we need. Small, little, we're doing that. That's what I heard on that one. And I think she mentioned it too on interviews and she was all like, well, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, going back, man, like I said, this is still... Excellent song, different. It doesn't sound like we, the first five songs we heard. Totally different, totally off. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing I kind of want to talk about is you know a, a greatest hits album. Three of these, only three of these songs that we've heard so far have been releases. Just what I needed, my best friend's girl, and good times roll. Those were the only three so far that we've heard. Uh, they peaked at 27, 35, and forty-one. Wow. Um, so that tells you that. Uh, you're All I've Got Tonight, Bye Bye Love, and this one, Movie and Stereo, they weren't releases. But in movies, probably played on the radio, mm -hmm. uh, local radio got played, on radio, in live concerts, just became favorites that you got to put it on here. That's why it's called The Complete Greatest Hits, because that's exactly what they are. Exactly. The Complete Greatest Hits. All right, are you ready to go to the next one right here? Hell yeah, man. Go ahead, T. Let's go. Is exactly what we're gonna do. There you go. Let's go to Candy O. Second album from the Cars, Candy O. This is killer, dude. I mean, they had a debut album, mm -hmm. Killer. I mean, let's not lie about it. They did, you know, here's all right, here's our second album after we toured, after we did this, we took a break, we're ready to roll, right? My some new songs. They came mm -hmm. out with this album. This album is, you know, I, I think they. Dropped the ball and picked it up and ran with it, dude. This is great. Yeah, and this thing was released just basically a year later. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's as good as their debut. Uh, changed their sound just a little bit, became a little bit more, little bit more synthy. Okay. Um, headed in that direction, which they kind of go away from and then go back to uh, in their career. But yeah, dude, this this song right here is killer. It's one of my favorite car songs, dude. Let's go. I love it, man. It's it, Released June 12, 1979, which is funny. It was released one day before. Nowadays, they release a single months yeah. before an album. This was released the day before. Let's go. I love it, dude. Everybody's heard this song. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great song. Love it. Um, you know, a lot of people think about when they do this, they hear like the clapping. And that's yeah. what they want to recreate either if they're like hanging out or hearing the song. And on this album, they gave a little, because uh, Rick was the primary songwriter mm -hmm. here. But on this album, they gives a little bit more, let's let everybody else kind of get involved. Um, they, he'd come in with an idea, they'd play it. If people absolutely hated it, they wouldn't do it. So everybody got a little more say. Um, second album with um, their producer, um, what's his name? But Let me scroll down here quick. Uh, Rory Thomas Baker, who was the famous queen Right, yeah, producer. I was going to say that, yeah. Um, so the first time they had him produce first album it was kind of like just let him kind of run the show but now they felt a little more comfortable having them all say like hey let's like rick even says one of the things he remembers is let's hold back a little bit on those uh really layered background vocals you know oh, that are okay. harmonizing let's kind of maybe you know in places go away from that they felt a little more comfortable being able to do that 
which is good as a band. You just don't want the producer to run away and do whatever they want with it. So um, good for them. Good. And I think, you know, that definitely uh, benefited everybody involved. And man, this uh, album uh, peaked number three. So that first album, which I think, what did I say? It went to 27 or yeah. something like that. This one to number three. They definitely established themselves. And because uh, sometimes on that debut album, if it's not like right out the box, you're going to get, especially back in the day, you get that. It's a slower build, so you don't get that debuts all at, uh, at number one Correct. for your debut album. It's usually like the second or third album where you get those debuts. So, man, I love this song. Let's go to the next one. All right. It's all I can do. Um, yeah, not know, one of not one of my favorites, to be honest. You know, it's not it, one of my favorites. You know, what? but they slowed it down a little mm-hmm. bit. It still has the feel uh, of of the cars, and it's a little different. And that's what and that's what they kind of go. You're right. It's not one of my favorites too. But I, I, it's, I'm digging it and love it. Hey, I want to also say that the album cover was very iconic for me uh, when I was a kid, right? Oh yeah, dude. Uh, they have uh, um, a, a very beautiful girl, you know. Of course, artwork painted, uh, and she looks like she's in a sheer or nighty negligee. No, 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 maybe. It's like a, uh, it's a, it's like uh, a sheer, ba- like, like a, a sheer, sheer bathing suit, long sleeve. There one you piece. go. That you can definitely see through it, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's how they didn't get a little sticker. <laughs> I'm yeah, kidding. maybe. And uh, but you know that, and then the, she's laying on top of a car, and the car is penciled in. So you know the car's penciled. A beautiful girl laying on, on your you know, hood, that kind of stuff. So it was very iconic for me, uh, and I definitely loved it to see that one of my favorite album covers. Uh, from the 70s. Well, let me go a little more in depth for you on this. I, I love uh, it. A little more in depth for you. Her name is Candy Moore. It was the <laughs> model. And <laughs> uh, you can also see her on the cover of the Rick James Street Songs album, oh, wearing a red no shirt. And on the sleeve of the 45 single for Ghetto Life. She's on that as well. Uh, and from Rick James? From Rick James, okay. and sometimes she gets confused with an actress of the same name that was in the Lucy show, Lucy Lucille Ball okay. the show, but it's a different lady. And uh, yeah, dude, so there you go. She and uh, you know, it, it's kind of nice to put a name to some of these people. You see, it's just an art, it's just a drawing, it's just a painting. Yeah, but it's actually somebody that you know modeled after. That's killer, dude. I like that. Good info. Good yeah, info, dude. Chris. And it's actually the car she's on top of is a Ferrari 365 GTC4. And uh, uh, painted by Alberto Vargas. He did a lot of the pinup paintings for Playboy and Esquire oh, from, okay. the, from the 40s to the 60s. All right. And the model dated Robinson for briefly after. <laughs> Afterwards, they were boyfriend, girlfriend. The drummer's fucking killing it, dude. Think <laughs> <laughs> like he's Tommy Lee over here? What, dude? <laughs> right, dude? He's Tommy dating. Lee is modeling his career after this guy right here. Right? I love it. Damn. Let's go to the next song. song, Oh man, that's good stuff right there. That was dangerous. Tight. Uh, This was track eleven on the Kenny album. It was the closer. Um, Like I said, this wasn't necessarily my favorite album by them, and these tracks that are from this aren't necessarily my favorite. They changed their sound. You know, they changed it up a little bit. Um, I mean, but it's the Cars. It's Cars album. It sounds like the Cars. So right. Uh, good for them. I can't take anything away from it. Killer, dude. Yeah, uh, same thing. Um, I I like it. Same thing. They're still in their moody mm-hmm. type songs. Yeah, it's more of a moody one. That's a great great term, right? You know, um, through all these are like this album, Candio, but it's killer. Yeah, it's it's still good. Like you know, like here, there's a synth. You know, there's more synthesizers, keyboards on it, and stuff like that, man, which is great. You ready to go to the next yeah, song? Yeah, man, take me to the next Let's go ahead and go. Yeah. Let's touch and go. Touch and go. Touch and go. Now, this is the uh, only song off of the uh, Panorama album that came out in 1980. Um, I saw there was only one song from this, so I didn't really go and listen to this album at all. I was just kind of like, you know, just reading about it. It wasn't as... It was, this is where they kind of went more experimental. Okay. Um, they kind of went more minimalist. They didn't have all the bells and whistles that they had on their first couple albums and that they actually go back to, you know, after this. Um, 
you know, the, people kind of say, I was reading like what some of the critics said. They kind of avoided that. They don't want to become a character of themselves, I yeah. guess, kind of a thing. So, you know, good for them. I mean, they still have the car sound, um, still the same songwriters and stuff. So you're still going to get all that. But just the musicianship and the music's a little bit different. It's they take they strip it down a little bit, but it's still got the car sound for sure. I, I take it they changed producers, right? Um, on this one, no, they didn't. They didn't change uh, producers. They didn't change producers until Heartbeat City. Damn, I thought they would have changed. Okay. okay, same same producer. Same producer. Um, Rory Thomas Baker. Okay, the Queen, the Queen Man. <laughs> Um, let's go ahead and go to the next song, dude. Yeah. Some people ahead. may love this song and some people may want to hear it. And if you do go, you must have a copy of it somewhere so you can go listen to it on your own. Here we go. Shake it up. Shake it up. Shake you it know, up. It, it, now it seems that the Cars music or their album is a little more popish. Mm-hmm. So all the sounds that we said before from rock to new wave, you know, synth pop and all this other stuff. Now it sounds like they're got it, uh, definitely a pop sound to them Mm -hmm. and how they go forth from there oh yeah for sure not saying i don't like the song and i thought it was funny and i and how they promoted it was even funny of you know they're saying shake it up you know but on the album cover i think there's a girl with a shake like a strawberry shake or something i think that that she has has like a she's got like a cocktail shaker or yeah a cocktail shaker cocktail shaker yeah and that's how they you know proceed it and i think in the in the music video, which I was looking at yesterday, they were like, you know, shake it up. And then there was like one guy shaking dice, the other guy shaking drink, and then shaking something else. And I was kind of like, that's funny how they're doing this, man. And you know what? I want to say too, the cars, they really experimented a lot with the music video. Yeah. So when MTV was going crazy in the, in the 80s, they took it well advantage of that and did, you know, crazy stuff. Just. Mm-hmm stuff that worked for them there was a couple of videos i thought were terrible but maybe at the time it worked for them so i was like whatever yeah and what did, did mtv debut in 81 80 or 81 let's say 81 so these guys were right on the precipice yeah if you will yeah of music video stardom you know right from the gate right from the gate even before there was mtv they were already making music videos something which is, something yeah I don't know where people were watching them, but there you go, dude. And this album right here, uh, Shake It Up, was released November 6, 1981. They're going like an album every year now, dude. You know, they got the cars in 78, summer of 78. Then we got the (laughs) summer of 79. Then Panorama, the summer of 80. And Shake It Up, November of 81. So, yeah, dude. So they took a little more time to make this one? Yeah, a little more time. Give me the next song, man. Let's go. Hold on, dude. I I wasn't ready for you. All right. Since you're gone, yeah, nice. Also stuff. from the uh, Shake It Shake Up it album. Up. Man, they know how to use sounds, huh? Yeah, dude, they're they're using everything. You know, they said that um, on one of their uh, later interviews, I was reading about. I can't remember which album it was. I could probably go back here and find it. But they basically went to the music store to buy whatever new sound gadgets. It was a guitar player. Ah, okay. Um, what was his name? Uh, uh, Elliot. 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 Elliot Easton. Elliot Easton. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Elliot Easton. Um, they would go to. He would go to the to the store, the music store, and buy whatever new gadgets there were, even though they knew they would be obsolete. You know, they would go buy them, and he pretty soon he had like twelve. You know, like Something pedals on his pedals are. on his on his guitar setup for like a quick little show that they would do, and it's like, oh man, dude, these guys are just gadgets everywhere. This is good stuff right here, dude. This is um, the Shake It Up Heartbeat City is like my favorite uh, time period for the Cars. These two albums are my favorite of the of the Cars. I would have said for me, debut album and Candio are my okay. favorites uh, on that one. So I, I like the more beginning part of the and they start off the band. They more sounded more new wave rock, and now I think they're more popish, mm-hmm. but they still have they still kept a lot of their sound. And outrageousness that they did. So yeah, that's cool. See, even even Rick's sounding on this one, you know, it's still. I want to say it's comedic. You know, hey, what's going on? You know? Yeah, dude. Um, you know that type mm-hmm, of vocals are. Mm-hmm. I want to say, but it works for this song because it's not overpowering. You know, it's hey, since you're young, yeah, don't leave it. 
<laughs> a little more, not so. Um, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, but you used the word moody earlier. It's a, yeah, kind of. It's a little more poppier, like you said. It goes more with the music, a little more poppier music, a little more poppier vocals. Infliction in the voice sounds great with the music. Uh, that's great, dude. I love it. Cool. And of course, like I said, this was the last album produced by uh, Roy Thomas Baker um, for uh, the Cars. Of course. Oh, okay. I love to say from Queen. <laughs> That's cool. From no, Queen no. stardom because Queen is one of the greatest of all time. Um, yeah. the Spin Magazine included this on their top 50 albums of 1981. And I can't remember the year. I think it was 2021. Rhino Entertainment re-released it on a neon green vinyl. Oh, I think it was that's killer, dude. Uh, I love it, dude. I love it. I it's like a lot of those right those colored vinyl shit, man. Yeah, yeah. I like it. You know, I don't get a lot. I don't. Well, if you need lot. if you need new vinyl, just go to Amoeba Music because they don't sell any goddamn you shit no more, dude. Boycott. You're never going there again, dude. Remember that day we went there? Yeah, we're no. not going back, man. Huh, we're not. We're gonna pass by it. Uh, so since you gone hit 41 on the billboard, cool. shake it up, hit number four. Um, you know, it's kind of funny that when you look at the greatest hits that, that we're, that we're listening to, those are the, uh, actually we got one more. I'm not the one, which is next three songs that were released or excuse me, that are on this complete greatest hits. Um, but they, um, had more that were uh, released. Think it over. Um, let's see. Let me, let me, hold on. I might be wrong right here. Let's see. Um, shake it up. Shake it up since you're gone. I'm not the one. And then shake it up at shake it up since you're gone. Victim of love and think it over were the releases. Wow. Um, but of course, you know, you got to check multiple sources. Shake it up. Then there was a song Cruiser. And these might be also be international releases. It didn't chart in the U.S. Since you're gone was at 41. Victim of love. Think it over. Didn't chart. Uh, so, you know, sometimes... Like you said, they are putting some of these deep cuts on here, Greg, but yeah. just not the one you wanted, dude. But I like this song, dude. This is a good, nice little uh, slow it down. It's not their best ballad, but um, I do like this song. This one's a yeah, nice, this one's a nice one, dude. It's good. It, you know, I like the keyboard because it sounds like almost poppy or bubbleish. Remember Napoleon Dynamite? Isn't there a song that kind of plays like this at one point? Not the yes. vocals, but the yes, beep, beep, yes. Beep. When he's like looking like the girl or whatever, it has something to do with the girl or yeah. whatever. I don't know, dude. It's that is fun. a good. That's a good reference on that one, man. All right, dude. Now uh, uh, let's see. Any other things do I want to say about the Shake It Up album? Yes, I do. Two two million copies, um, and it peaked at number nine. Nice on the uh, Billboard charts. But now we're gonna go to the next track. You ready? Let's go. Yes. Ooh. So this is what I was saying. So when they did, when they released this music video, this was a little out there. So, you know, I think there was like a girl he was after and, you know, he was doing different things where, you know, he was a bee and yep. he was chasing her. She, she was in a picture frame and he kicks the guy out and poses next to her or different things like that. And I thought this was kind of funny. Um, you know, the only thing I didn't like about this music video is they showed like the band. They were all together nice and tight. You know, like on a soap, on a or, bar of soap, or you know, when she opened up the uh, the vanity cabinet, but they were like all small. They didn't put the guys forward. They put Rick's face and his body and all that stuff forward, so he was like the main guy. But you know, of course, it was the band that's this. You know, and they're barely on there. But you know, like I thought, this was a crazy video, and at the time, MTV probably ate it up. And you know, well, if you're if you need to have the band in it, you're not shooting this video. <laughs> this is a video of him chasing the girl, not the band chasing the girl. So sure. you got to have him, and he's like, maybe they're more like the buddies, like, yeah, man, yeah. Like, you know, you got your your guys behind you, you know, backing you up. Maybe they was more like a, that kind of a thing. Right. But, yeah, you're not going to have, if you need, you'll need to shoot a totally different video, which I'm glad they did because this video was super killer, dude. <laughs> it won, right? We know that it did win uh, right? uh, Music Video of the Year at the inaugural MTV Video Music Awards, 84, I think it was. I don't have it right in front of me. I believe it was 1984. Would it be Michael Jackson now? Hey, man. MC Hammer? Michael Jackson, I told him to beat it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Heartbeat City, dude. This album, this is this is my favorite. All it's right. probably a All lot right. of people. People, Probably this one and the debut are probably the two most popular. Okay. Uh, 
But you, of course, you like Candio, which is perfectly fine, dude. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm down with it. Four million copies on this album. They're still killing it, dude. These guys are well over um, 25 million albums sold in the U.S. Uh, good for them, dude. On a band that not is not considered one of those, you know, upper echelon bands. Correct. That's a, that's a huge amount of, of albums for yeah. someone to sell. And do we know? I know, but do we know who produced this album? No, we don't know. The producer of this album was Mutt Lang. Get out of town. I will not get out of town. And wow. Yeah, Mutt Lang was the uh, producer on this. And here's the thing. I thought they had multiple producers. Um, I think there was one track that got produced by someone else. I okay. It was one track, but Mutt Lang did the rest. Uh, and his commitment to this meant that he wasn't going to be able to work on the Def Leppard Hysteria album because he was committed to this album. But because of the car accident, all the things that happened, the delays in that album, pushed it, pushed it, he was able to go to that and help produce and make one of the greatest albums of all time. Def Leppard Hysteria. But let's talk about the cars, baby. Yes. that's You know what? I was going to say that was a good insider on that one uh, because he did have... Because it definitely was a four-year gap between these guys. Yeah. Uh, that you know, um, on that one. But let's talk about this. Uh, the cars drive. Now, this is a beautiful song, haunting, magical. Everything you talk about, you know, like how I talk about driving songs and Chris, and sometimes I just want to drive and hear music. This is definitely one of those songs that I definitely love, and I love to hear it, man. The original's great. There are a few artists that did uh, some covers. I'm gonna, cause I'm gonna note it because I love it. Um, the Deftones did a cover, which you know they added their sound to it, which I love. And also a band called Six AM, Nikki Six's second band, third band after Motley Crue. You know they did a cover of this too, which I thought was killer. Um, it's not exactly the same, but you can definitely feel everybody put their spin on it, and it worked very well. And I thought it was a great tribute to the Cars, which was this song. Excellent, man. But mm -hmm. this song actually really is good. Very beautiful. I definitely love it. It's definitely um, uh, a big hit with me driving. Yeah, this was their highest charting hit at number three on the Billboard. They had, what, one, two, three, four top ten hits. This was the highest of them all. Drive, man, this is a great song, dude, right here. I love it. This is a great ballad for them. Yeah, definitely a great ballad. Um, they, they actually, people ha actually considered this a comeback album. Because I don't know what for, but the kind of they're saying it sounded more like their debut. I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't agree with it. Not um, at all. Dude. It's a lot slicker, a lot more polished, more poppier. Um, dare I say a little bit less variety than on the first so one, the, but the, not so much less variety. The album before this did two million. This album did four million, and it's a comeback album. No, I don't think so. If, if you would have said the album before it did two million, this did ten million. Mm, I kind of would well, yeah, agree it, with that statement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two to four, no, no comeback for me. All right, there you go. You heard it straight from the the horse's mouth. Yeah, the horse's mouth. There you go. <laughs> Love it, dude. Love it. Uh, this is like I said, Chris. This is a great song. If you want to move on to the next one, yeah, let's go, dude. Please move on because we're gonna talk about how all the nerds love magic. What's wrong with being a nerd? There's nothing, but then you know. When guys out there who were doing magic, doing a little this, they like to play this song and coming out to it. Uh, and then this is that this is their worst video. Their worst? Oh, I, think I this thought this video. I remember this. What video. do you remember? Because I just saw it yesterday. It's fresh in my Walking mind. Walking over the pool, everybody around it looking all dressed, all weird and funky. And <laughs> he's out there. God, what, is he wearing like a like a tiger suit? What's he yeah, wearing, like a suit? Like that, man. And he looks all tall and lanky, and his hair's like this, and he's all like. Ew. And I'm like, oh my god! Well, I remember the first time I saw. I was like, how is he walking on the water? But that's oh my god! This is awesome. Well, if it's magic, if, baby. If you noticed, yeah, on, you on can most, on most of the video, they didn't show his feet, mm -hmm. so you weren't exactly you saw him. But they did do that the, wide shot at the yes. Yeah. You saw him in the middle, or it looks like right where his ankles are at. You know, they they went up to there, and they were like everybody's around. Everybody's he's waving or doing whatever. He's singing to everybody. And then not till the end is when they do the point where they actually show him walking on the water and so everybody then that they think the end everybody started to jump in like oh I can I can jump in too yep. and same thing with Chris uh, how I talked about the band 
uh, on one of the other songs just being in the background. Not until the end, they kind of show them in the corner. And, you know, they're just hanging out, bopping their heads, playing the... the yeah, I mean, Rick was the figurehead for them. and, and, and But Ben was another vocalist that hit most of the songs were, were hits from him. Yeah, uh, you I, know? I think most of them were Rick's, but I get I, what you're saying, point taken. And I'm not defending them, I'm just saying, sometimes you just need that guy that's out front. And he was quirky looking guy, yes. he looks so abnormal, but kind of cool at the same time. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Like Be- my mustache. <laughs> because I didn't follow the cars too much prior to this i didn't know ben or did a lot of the vocals yeah i thought it was rick doing all doing all the vocals and ben every once in a while did a song or two when no he did a lot of the songs mm-hmm. it just these guys went back and forth to uh from rick to ben uh playing and a lot of people were like well i didn't really i couldn't tell the difference i heard one thing when they said oh i really could tell the difference in his vocals that's when I took a second thought when I started to hear the album again, one last two before. Oh, I can hear his vocal sound. I hear his vocal sound similar but different. And now I know I can distinguish a little more mm-hmm. from this then. But yes. I was going to say something that I forgot because you talked so long. But um, Oh, really? Yeah. I've, but hey, I agree with everything you just said. Which is a fun song. This is definitely a fun pop song, man. If you want to bring the next one, go right ahead. Well, yeah, good. we can go to the next one here. Let me go because I got something I want to say. Okay. Um, this is Hello Again. We're still on the uh, Heartbeat City. They did perform at Live Aid. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, in 84, they sang the songs You Might Think, Drive, um, Heartbeat City, and Just What I Needed uh, were the four songs. I think most people sang like four songs. That's what everybody got. Um, Live Aid. Obviously made world famous by Queen. Yeah. How many times can we name Queen on this Cars? You're at six already, baby. At least. Love it, dude. Got my Freddie Mercury style mustache. I <laughs> name it Freddie. Why, why did Queen do uh, six songs at uh, Live Aid? Because they can do whatever they want. Huh? Six songs. What'd they do? What were the songs? I don't know. I'm messing up. Uh, Radio Gaga. Uh, the Hammer Will Fall. We are the champions, <laughs> and uh, uh, we will rock you. <laughs> I was going to say... Oh, Face. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. I'm probably wrong, but I think those are the four they did. All right. uh, yeah, dude, there's another great song up here. Different sound, definitely driven, keyboard driven. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, back to that poppy synth, new wave sound that was definitely popular to be in the 80s. It seemed like everything was, um, at least you saw on MTV, was either new wave like this, or even more, or rock. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't do, have a lot of variety on MTV. I do want to say I give a lot to Greg Hawkins for his musicianship on all their catalog. Mm-hmm. He really um, did out there. And they also said that he was really into uh, the modern sound, uh, finding new sounds out there. Anything that was the latest and hip, he, liked, he wanted to incorporate it to a lot of the cars sound and find a way to do it uh, he was really into technology there you go that's what i was trying to say and i would say i'm just going to go back on what you said and i just kind of cursory went back and kind of looked at, at the who the were vocalizing it looks like it's about a 70 30 split between or and okese yes which is probably a little more than you might think for somebody that one person is actually kind of known as their lead singer that's kind of more than you would think you'd think like ah eh, here's one on this album uh, maybe next album you can have another, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of funny because they've been together so long and they're best friends or, or whatever. You know, there was never no, like, falling out or anything. Just kind of when they went on their hiatus and they were no longer, it was just kind of like a, yeah, we're just not going to do it anymore kind of a thing. It wasn't. Well, th- like you said, Rick was definitely the one of the main songwriter. Mm-hmm. And that's why he said sometimes he would just let Benjamin sing. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I wrote this song. Why don't you sing it? Shit. It should have worked. You want to talk about the artwork, album artwork? Uh, I is love this the one where it was. This is we're still at Heart Break City. Heartbeat City. Heartbeat City. Isn't it kind of like you see something, but it's only like half, or is it like a gatefold album? Yeah, where it opened a, up it, into it, something. It is. It's like the yeah. It's one of those things that it opens up and you see like it opens up backwards, kind of a thing. Yes. So the back of the cover, but um, it's uh, it's got a 1970 with Plymouth Duster 340, and the same guy did it, uh, Alberto Vargas. The pinup artist did it, and uh, uh, it's called the, the piece of art. Art is called Artomatic Loop de Loop. Nice, the name of the piece of art, and uh, man, it's pretty cool. The open up version is one. I, rem- I mean, 
you're a kid, right? Just yeah. like you said with the Candy O one. I mean, you see these album covers, and it's got a girl wearing the shortest of shorts and a tight top and, you know, large breasts. You're like, yeah. I could look at this for a while. Yeah, exactly. I could look at this for a while. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at this and the ultimate sin, dude, right next to each other, dude. <laughs> Different gonna, thing, but same thing. I'm going to buy two so I can keep the one album cover on my wall and the other one yeah, in my exactly, record collection. Dude. Exactly. Nice. Um, here we go, dude. Um, why can't I have, right? Am I on the right song, right? Yeah. Why can't I have you? thought I got like, I don't know what's going on. Also off of Heartbeat City. I know I'm all over the place, guys. What happens when we take a vacation, dude? We got to get back into it. So this is our get back into it episode. I'm uh, I just not, I'm, I'm, uh, next episode I'll be 100%. You're doing fine to me, dude. Okay. I don't, I don't see right. anything wrong with you. All right, dude. Except your face. I don't know, Chris. I'm digging it, man. Thank you. Um, a little something different again. Yes. Um, slowing yeah, totally. it down. It doesn't. It's not like, but it almost. I don't even want to say it. I was gonna say, um, it has that slow down tumble like moving in stereo does. That kind of mm-hmm. like aura, like a, the aura of sound kind of running through it and stuff like that. So it's definitely different than a lot of the other tracks that are on the album and anything they had kind of done recently. I like it, dude. It's tenderish. Yeah, there you go. That's a great word for that, tenderish. There you go, See, the, like you said, the background vocals on this, man. They, yeah. This band never was chintzy on the background because you know, all these guys could sing uh, on that kind of stuff. I think the only one that didn't sing background was the drummer. Maybe. Well, he was too busy dating the chicks that are in the, the, on the album, <laughs> the album covers. covers. Dude, he was too busy dating the album cover chicks. Woo! Crazy, dude. Um, you ready to go to the next one? Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's go. Oh, we got two more tracks left, dude. This is going fast now. All of a sudden, we're on number 19. We got one more <laughs> after this. Now, this song actually uh, came off of their greatest hits album. Tonight She Comes, it came off their greatest hits album that they released in 1985. Uh, it pretty much had, it was uh, 13 songs. This was one that wasn't released up to this point, so it was a new release for them. And I do like this song a lot. It is a great song right here. This, this has a very early 80s, 80-ish sound mm-hmm. to it. You know, if they, maybe they was in their arsenal, maybe they had it going, they re- released it, reworked it. It has that kind of feel. I, it sounds um, kind of like from something that might have come off of one of the earlier albums. Yeah. To be honest with you, one of the first two albums is kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. I love this stuff, dude. The cars are killer, dude. They're one of those. Sometimes they're one of those bands where a lot of times, with kids nowadays, you say, "Oh, you like the cars? Who are the cars?" And then you start playing songs, and I go, "Oh, I've heard that one." Yeah. You play exactly. another one. I've heard that one. Oh, I've heard that one. I know that one. Oh, that's the cars. Next thing you know, they've heard every single song on <laughs> that we've just listened to. They just didn't know who it was. I would have said the average person from the twenty, just saying, I don't know who the cars were, would know about seven or eight of them. On a regular basis. Oh yeah, I, I would say right. the on the average person mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff. Uh, to be honest with Chris, I would probably say I knew a little bit more, but like I said, I'm a big music fan as much as you are, mm-hmm. and we probably knew a little bit more. Oh yeah, it. dude. Um, music is life. Yeah. Did you know? I I found this out when I was doing my homework that um, Elliot Easton was one of Slash's guitars. One of his favorite guitarists when he was growing up and learning how to play guitar. I did not know that. Yeah, that was just, I I recently heard that and I was like cracking up going, Slash with Guns N' Roses? Gally Easton was one of his favorite guitarists? Well, hey. Listen to him right here. Yeah. Sounds like Don't Cry. There you go. Yeah, Slash stole all his licks. (laughs) Slash stealing this guy's licks right here, dude? I guess that was. His favorite goes, I'm going to steal some of these. Um, great stuff right here, dude. Uh, we got one more track left to go here. Um, and man, I, I can't wait to get to it because then I can tell you where you can see us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Let's go. You Are the Girl came off the Door to Door album, which was their last album with the original five members. Okay. Uh, of course, Orr died of pancreatic cancer in 2000. Um, yeah. And this was, um, 
So this was the last album they had with the original four. Um, they tried, a couple of the guys got together with some other people, tried to do some new car stuff that didn't work out. Then they uh, got uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What year was that? I don't have that right here, but I'm going to get it right here. Do you know what year that was? No. I can't remember. Uh, two, 2019? Um, I'm going to have to go look that up, dude. But uh, I would say maybe. That sounds about I got to right. remember what year because I can't remember. I think Rick Ocasek, maybe he died in 2018. 2019, I'm not really sure, but uh, I'll have to find it. And then I want to say that's the last time they those guys ever played. As the cars. Oh, yeah. On that one. Here we go. I got it right here, dude. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018. Ah, okay. And uh, uh, Rick Ocasek died September 15th, 2019 of natural causes in his home at the age of 75. And that's pretty much it. Uh, they had uh, Weezer's bass player. I don't even know what his name is, but I'm afraid. Is it Kasem Sutton? Yeah, I think so. That's he him. played bass. He uh, Rick Ocasek did produced some of their album Weezer's album so they were probably close friends okay and he said hey come play with us at the show yeah and uh, you know that was kind of really like as far as like what you would call the Cars lineup that anybody else besides the original five played as like the Cars was at this Hall of Fame show he's actually listed on their thing as band members but it's like you can't even see the sliver of how long he was there because it's just one show. So that's kind of cool. Um, hey, you know what? I want to close it out here, Greg. And I forgot right. to say all this stuff at the beginning of the show. The yeah, big but- talk, the big talk. Po- I didn't even say it at the beginning of the show. The big talk podcast with Chris and Greg is back for the attack. We're alive and in your face and living color, baby. Woo, color. Here's where you can see us and hear us. You can go. I'm gonna try to get through it at BigTalkCG.podcast on Instagram and TikTok. BigTalkCG at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at BigTalkCG. Facebook and YouTube, The Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. Just search us up. We got a lot of stuff going on YouTube right now. We got our episodes are up there every week. We got shorts up there. Uh, Everything you need to know, check us out. Hit that bio in the uh, Instagram, that link. Take you to our link tree. Find out where you can hear us if you're just cruising around in your car, Spotify, Apple, Anywhere, give us a follow. Yeah. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. You will give us a subscribe yeah. on YouTube. And come definitely come back for more, man, because we got a lot of other artists, a lot of fun stuff that me and Chris love, um, and we're just having a good time anyway. So this is Greg from the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. See ya.